0: to God be the glory. Good morning, good afternoon, good good evening, good day to you. Uh, My name is Apostle True. I am here with Prophetess Kay. We are here every third Saturday to talk about her book, Beyond Salvation. Actually, it's called Beyond Salvation, The Art of Receiving God's Promises. And we talk about this book because once I read the book, I was really moved by how simplistic the read was, but how in depth and how it enlarged our understanding or someone's understanding, whether they were um, new to Christianity, just giving their lives to Christ. If they were walking with Christ for a while, or they wanted to use it as a tool, this book has been anointed by God and it is absolutely a tool that you would want to use. Just something that you would like to use to, to share with others, but also something that you to remind yourself of, you know, that we have a relationship with Christ, but we have a relationship here on earth. We we walk in eternity now. Um, Salvation is not something that is far off or that we are waiting to enter into once we leave this earth. Salvation is something that we work out here because we have eternity. We have Holy Spirit living in us. And so um, every third Saturday, we come together uh, to go over some of the topics that are here so that we can establish salvation and what that really means. We love the word of God. We walk closely with Christ and we believe that God wants you to understand what your salvation is. Um, again, it doesn't matter where you've been or how long you've been in Christ walking with Christ. We can always use a refresher. We can always use reminders. And there are some things that we probably believe for so long that we take it as, um, truth or we take it as, a uh, common, uh, uh, doctrine or understanding of how we're supposed to live. But if you would allow us once again to, to um, enter into your homes, in your cars, wherever you are, and to sit down and talk with us for a little while, um, I'd appreciate it. There is um, a share button. There are likes and thumbs ups and all those good things. So go ahead. Enjoy yourself, Immerse yourselves in the Holy Spirit. And before we get started, I am going.
1: Mm-hmm. I was going to say also, if you know somebody who would like to join, but they don't have Facebook or they don't like to get on Facebook, they can go to the God's Love Song Ministries website. And um, there on the, on the home page, you'll see a box that says Eternity Chats. Click on Eternity Chats, it'll take you to the page where they will see this Facebook page and they will see this Facebook Live um, without being on Facebook. You can catch it at GodsLoveSongMinistries.com. and then on the homepage you'll see Eternity Chats. Click on that, and they can catch it there as well.
0: Look at that! We've made it easy. Praise God! <laughs> Hallelujah! God our territory. Glory absolutely, to God. absolutely, absolutely. And um, just before we get into prayer, once again, um, I just would like to invite you to um, enjoy yourselves in the Holy Spirit. Take out your Bibles so that you can follow along and open up your hearts and minds. Again, uh, sometimes we think we we've gone over those things, or you know, I've been saved for you know twenty years, or what have you. But this God is doing something, and you don't want to miss it. Salvation, as we know it, uh, as we have been taught, does not always um, include that eternity. That making Jesus Christ Lord. So that's what we want to do. We want to get into the Bible into the word. The book is just a a format because the Holy Spirit had her to write that. But before we uh, really get into everything else, prophetess, would you go ahead and pray us in?
1: Amen. Amen to God be the glory. Lord, we thank you so much. this appointed day and this appointed time that has been on heaven's calendar since before the foundation of the world we thank you lord for the treasures that you would unveil to us today We thank you for the revelation that you would impart to us today. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for breathing on this word and making it real to us today. We come anticipating. We come expecting to hear a word from you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we know that you do not fail. And we know that you know exactly what each one of us needs. So right now I decree and I declare that a bullseye word will go out today. It will hit the bullseye of every heart, every understanding heart that is here. I speak that ears are perched to hear the voice of the Lord and that when you hear the voice of the Lord, you will not harden your heart. You will not turn away rebellious, but you will do as Mary commanded the servants, whatever he tells you to do, do it. I thank you, Lord, that you are a good God and that you only have good things for us in the name of Jesus. And Lord, even now I speak a new wineskin, new wineskin that will hold new wine Your word says that when we pour new wine into old wineskins, the wineskins burst and the wine is is wasted, it's spoiled, it spills, and it's harder to drink the new wine than the old wine because people say, well, the old wine was better. But now, in the name of Jesus, I am speaking new wineskin so that... They will develop an appetite for the new wine and be able to hold on to it and allow your word with this fresh understanding to have impact in their lives, to, to make a change in their lives, that they would walk closer to you and know you better as Lord. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Amen, amen, amen. Mm-hmm. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Thank amen. you, Lord. So,
1: Apostle- you you know you were talking about the book and how it's it's good for new believers it's good for seasoned believers we've been walking with the lord for 20 years all of that well that is exactly how this book was written it it's a wonderful book to give to the new believer because it gives them right off the bat what salvation really is and how god intends for us to walk in it but it also serves as a handbook for those of us who have been walking with the Lord, it takes us back to the basics. And it does root up religious and traditional thoughts and teachings. So it's, it's a handbook as well as, as, well as a guidebook
0: um, to the new believer. So I just wanted to share that. Amen. And you know why that's so important? Because sometimes God wants to do something different. Because Holy Spirit is always moving. God is progressive. And if we hold on to too tight to something that God is trying to loose us so that he can bless us and expand our territory, expand our understanding of the kingdom, expand our understanding of the fivefold ministry, understanding who we are in Christ and the righteousness that we have, when we put padlocks on the things that we've learned before, as you spoke of the old wine, That means that we are satisfied with what we have. And the one thing you have to recognize is that God cannot be contained. And if God is eternity, then things are always moving. Things are always being shaped and changed. So you cannot continue to be stationary in your thoughts, in your relationship with Christ in your relationship with others you cannot allow yourself to be to build strongholds to beliefs that god wants to shatter you from i always use the uh, analogy of children and so as ch- i have a gr- my grandsons they have grown my daughters have sent pictures of them almost every month. And if I were to go through all of the pictures for 365 days, I could literally see them growing up, changing, features growing, when they started to laugh, when they started eyebrows started coming. <laughs> My, I literally seen the change. They did not stay infants. they did not st- they did not stay newborns, they did not stay infants, they did not stay children. They are growing. And while they're growing, they're learning different things. And so we're here every third Saturday because God has uh, a plan for us. And that plan is salvation, but he has work for us as well. And so we have to relinquish uh, mindsets that keep us stagnant. We have to release those things and allow God to pour into us the the things that he is doing that we would be progressive with him, that we would move with him. God says, follow me. So we have to follow him. And so uh, again, we are uh, attempting to help you if you have been stagnant or if you have a desire to know that God is doing something different and you understand that, but you don't know if that's God or not, then this book and how we are going about it, reading the word of God, um, opening up the word of God and examining salvation, this is the place to be. All right? Okay. So, last the last time we were together, we began to talk about... Uh, part one, which is salvation versus religion. And so I just want to lay a background of what we were talking about, because it was amazing to me. Uh, again, I, I think that Holy Spirit has given um, Prophetess K a um, a timely word, and it doesn't matter where you are in your relationship with him. You could, it's just like the Bible. You can go over things over and over and over again, and you never, because God is eternity. There's no end to it. Right. There's no end to it. And so we were talking about salvation versus religion in part one. And uh, she was transparent in, you know, opening up about a relationship that she had. But there were some key things that were uh, that we took out of that um, uh, because it really just gave us a broader idea and understanding of our relationship with Christ. And I'm just going to go over it briefly and move forward to the next part of salvation and, uh, and religion and one of the things that she said um she says that in in page one of part one and the second paragraph she starts off stating that salvation is not about acting right but being made right and she says second corinthians five twenty one tells us that he who knew no sin became sin that we might be made the righteousness of god so we're we're talking about 2 Corinthians 5, 21, that Jesus became sin. He wiped our slate clean. When he died on the cross, he redeemed us. So that's what salvation is, correct? Salvation is someone saving you. You don't have anything to do about it. Save me. Come and get you. That's it. Amen. Save me. I come and get you. That's it there is nothing that you have to do nothing that's what salvation is save 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 and that is what Christ has done for us and so she began to talk and she began to talk about a relationship that she had but there were three things a few things that stood out to me and we kind of went over um she In page two, she stated that salvation is about a relationship and not about religion. Well, what does she mean by that? When we enter into relationship with Jesus, we receive his love. Basically, that's what we do. Save us. Someone who comes to save you has to love you or has to have some type of emotion. <laughs> I mean, honestly, God died for us. He actually did this, not just for me and for Kay, but he did it for all those who would receive him and accept him. And the last thing she said, one of the last things that I want to talk about is that she said in religion, people often fear that God will reject them or be angry with them if they fail or they fall short. Again, salvation has nothing to do with you, but has everything to do with what Christ has done. You cannot make yourself right with Christ. And if there is fear that you will step out of line, if there is fear that you may um, say something wrong, or because you might be in a family where there are people who still don't know Christ. And so when you're out, they may act out or because, you know, there's nothing that you can do except live for Christ, allow Christ to live in you that you would represent him. He does all the work. There's nothing for you to do. And so, in this relationship, she really brings those things out because that's the difference between um, a relationship and a religion. But in the next chapter, go ahead. As you were speaking,
1: true. Oh my goodness, you put it so beautifully. Save me! I come get you. Save me! <laughs> I come get you. <laughs> there's nothing, and you said there's nothing for us to do. Just save me, come get you. And there's no work for us to do. But the next, then you brought it out the next point when you said that um, salvation is about relationship, not religion. Whenever we enter into relationship with Jesus, we must receive his love. So when save me, come get you, the thing that is required of us is that we let him get us. That's Mm -hmm. how we receive his love. If we're asking him to save us, when he comes to save us, be saved. (laughs) Be saved. How do you do that? Well, if he's coming to get you out of the trouble that you're in, whatever Mm -hmm. that trouble is, a wayward life or a situation or whatever it is, when he comes to save you, be saved by doing what he tells you to do, because he's going to tell you how to remain in safety. And that is the part of receiving his love. You don't have to do anything to make yourself safe. The savior has come. The one who has saved you has come and he has saved you. Now you do what he says so you can be saved, be in that state of being saved and protected and, and fulfilled and, and all of those things. So we have to receive it. We can't resist it. We can't fight against it. Um, the picture coming to my mind is a lifeguard, right? A lifeguard jumps into the pool to save somebody and all they have to do is just come on, go, do what the lifeguard is saying, but oh ah, I'm going to die. Ah, and you're fighting the one who's trying to save you and because they're people you could try you could kill them too right
0: Right.
1: so when the savior comes here's that word just surrender let them save you do what they say they will carry you to safety that's what jesus does and that's what he does as our lord he tells us what to do we follow his directions he does the work inside us and we experience the
0: salvation we experience the being saved Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, like with the lifesaver, uh, the safe uh, lifeguard, he may not go into the water, but he may throw you mm-hmm. that tube, that, that uh, you know, the little tube that they they throw. Oh, yeah. That they, yeah. And you have to take that. <laughs> That's the lifeline. There it is. There it is. You yeah. have to take it. You have to grab hold of it. You have to wrap it. You have to get up in there, that little tube. That's right. That's right. That's what Christ is asking you to do. He's extended his hand for salvation. You have to grab it. You have to hold on to it. Mm -hmm. So, again, this is relationship. This is. Having um, a relationship with Christ versus religion because you don't want to grab hold of the lifesaver because you believe, no, I can do this. I've taken lessons. I know how to kick my feet and pull my arms. I can do this. No, you can't. You're in waters that are uncharitable. You don't know. You can't get your breath because the winds and the waves just come. You need to let Him come and save you. Mm-hmm stop
1: telling word, him uh-huh that example you just gave with the inner tube you have to take it do you know that in the in the greek that word receive there's mark eleven twenty four. 24 um whatsoever things you desire when you pray believe that you receive them and you shall have them that word receive means take so when we're talking about receiving god's love it's also taking
0: his love taking that inner tube Amen. like what you're saying Amen. Sorry for interrupting. No, no, that's what this is all about. Um, And again, that's why I've invited those who are watching to get into the word of God, to take note. Again, we we are on a daily basis learning things. And so some things will come out that have never come out before. Some things that we are describing may click for you where it hasn't before. Or it will give you a deeper revelation as God has been speaking to you. And so now you can move even further. Now that roadblock, because you couldn't understand or catch um, the, the wave or the wind that was coming where the Holy Spirit was you know, bringing you, now you can ride it because you understand. Because God has given you a, a, a wider birth. He's opened up your eyes uh, to see things in a different light. So... Let me continue to just lay the foundation before we get to that next part. We're in page four. And there were two things that really stood out to me, again, in the relationship. Because again, we're talking about salvation versus religion. And it is imperative that you understand the difference. And let me explain something to you. Sometimes we go back and forth. That's why even as... Uh, a Christian walking for 20 years with Christ, we find ourselves going back into that place of religion, trying to make things right, trying to get things right, or being fearful when we stepped out of line or we walked away from um, something that God has told us either to do or not to do. And so we get fearful. And But you have to always re- remember that this is a relationship. You can go to Christ at any time and say, Lord, I messed up. Hallelujah you can go because you've received christ as your lord and savior and because he has access over your life because you've given him access over your life if you've sat down too long or if you moved away you can simply say lord okay i give up i'm not i i want to get out of the 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 driver's seat go ahead take the wheel Mm And he's not going to say, well, I thought you had it. I'm not, I am not. I don't really think I really want to be bothered. I want you to go ahead. You could do it. He's not going to do that. He's going to say, thank you. He's going to get in the driver's seat and he's going to get there, get you where you need to be. And all the while, he's going to be talking to you, telling you how much he loves you and how much uh, of a future you have and all of the things that he has in store for you. He's not even going to look back at the, t- uh, the places that you've been. No. Not even no. going to talk about it. It's moving forward.
1: True, I'm hearing in the spirit that somebody needs to hear this. There's someone or there are people out there who think that once you make Jesus, once you make Jesus your Lord, once you receive Jesus, once you get saved, that life is all roses from there on out. That it's mm. supposed to be easy, that you're not supposed to have any challenges. And then when you do have challenges, wait a minute. I thought I mean God, God is not working. This religion thing is not working. Well, you're right. The religion thing isn't working. But if you get into relationship, that will work. In Amen. Hebrews, I want, not Hebrews, excuse me. In Romans chapter 10, about there's 13, I think. It says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Getting saved is not a like a once for all kind of thing. I'm saved and I'm not going to need to be saved from anything else. No, 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 no. We are still in these earthly bodies. We're still in this earthly realm. And um, whereas when we make Jesus our Lord, our spirits, we are a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. Our spirits are forever saved. Our spirits are 100% saved. Our spirits are as 100% perfect as Jesus. That's our spirit man. That is who we are. Now we have what we call the soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, the way we think, the things we feel, the things we want. um, and, And this part is what deals in this natural realm. And it has been influenced for the whole time that we've been in the world. Our soul has been influenced by these earthly things. So when we make Jesus our Lord, what takes place is a renewing Of the mind that's romans chapter 12 verse 2 where it says be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind the renewing of your mind takes place through the study of the word of god through communion with god through his holy spirit that new wineskin we're talking about it's letting god show you okay this is the way the world thinks about it this is what I say about it. And when we are renewing our minds, when we are being transformed by the renewing of our minds, that means we're, now, we're no longer thinking like the world, but we're moving over to thinking like God. God gives us his thoughts through his word. He tells us what to think. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. We are capable of thinking like God. Why? Because we get our thoughts from God as we renew our minds. So this soul is, is never going to be 100% perfect in this world, but it is constantly being renewed. Well, until you get to that place, you might keep making this mistake over and over, but you'll see yourself progressing. You're going to need to say, Lord, save me. Lord, help. Lord, I fell again. Lord, I, And he's faithful to do it. That's why 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, Um, confess your sins. He is faithful to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. When you confess your sins, it's not so you can get saved all over again. You are saved. When Jesus saves you and you make him your Lord, you are saved. But there are situations that are going to happen. There are mistakes that you're going to make. And all God is saying, come get get into alignment with me. Confess your sins. Say the same thing about your sin that I say about your sin. Say that it is wrong. (laughs) don't justify it. Don't make excuses for it. Don't say you'll do better next time. No, agree with me. This is wrong. This is getting that new wineskin. And when you say this is wrong, oh, good. He's faithful to forgive you for it and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now you're entering into that sanctification piece where he can separate you from that wrong way of thinking, being, and doing and separate you unto himself so you won't keep making that same mistake. Mm. So when we make Jesus our Lord, we are eternally saved, hallelujah. If we've done that consciously and sincerely and not trying to pull one over on the Lord, okay? That's done, but we can continue to call on the name of the Lord and be saved because there are situations that we're going to continue to experience that we will need saving from. So don't, if you are one who thinks that once I get saved, my life is going to be perfect. I'm not going to make any more mistakes or things aren't going to be hard anymore. That, I don't know what kind of teaching that is. If it's a religious teaching, if it's a tradition, it's just wrong. It's, it's, it's an error. It's a doctrine of error is what that is because you are going to fall, but you call on the name of the Lord. You will be saved from that thing, from that situation, from that way of thinking, from that way of doing, because you have sought His help, and now you've given Him the the the, the license to do the work in you to deliver you from that thing.
0: Amen, amen. Uh, isn't this good stuff? <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Um, Every time we get together and we, you know, do this Facebook Live and we begin to talk about the, the word of God and our relationship, um, the Lord just does something different. You cannot be in the presence of God and not change or things not begin to fall off and things not begin to happen in your life. The closer you begin to get with the Holy Spirit, the closer he, the more he begins to uh, tear things down, remove things. Your relationship, see, that's what that is, is uh, in, is engaged by Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit goes before you. He, he's the advocate. He's the counselor. He teaches you. He shows you. So the things that you thought you, uh, or the things that you used to do, and the things that you thought you loved, you can no longer do because the closer you get in a relationship is with anyone. You don't want to hurt them. You don't want to do the things that causes them um, discomfort, uh, grief. You begin to change your life because you be you and that person become what one. Mm-hmm. That's our relationship with Christ. It's mm-hmm. our relationship with the Father. Mm-hmm. That is. Salvation, and so that's what we're talking about today. This is what we talk about every third Saturday salvation, redefining eternity here on earth. Uh, uh we continue to grow, we continue to seek God, and we can, as Prophet K said, when we make a mistake, we can go to God and ask Him to forgive us, agree with Him, agree, yes, Lord what I did was wrong. Now I need you to help me stay away from this, move past this. I need you to help me move forward so I don't continue to do the same thing, that I don't continue to go around that mountain for the next 40 years. That's a long time to be in something. Yeah. So, so uh, the last two things I wanted to point out were You made the statement once you were in this relationship with this person uh, that it seemed like it was you. There were two different relationships going on because uh, he didn't see things. uh, He it seemed as if he was working to win your love. But the two things that you made, uh, the statement that you made because of that um, difference, the way you felt that anything that he that you had, he had. But he thought that it was. toilsome, or maybe that he had to work. And that's that's your words, that you thought maybe he had to work. He thought that he had to work to earn your love. But the two things that you said here were, um, and I'm just going to briefly read it. It says, um, I had not, uh, I'm sorry, uh, that fear and love cannot occupy the same space. Reflecting on various conversations. Okay, fear and love cannot occupy the same space fear and love cannot occupy the same space relationship with christ and religion cannot work together
1: that's trying to pour new wine into the old wineskin the wineskin verse it
0: does not and the wine is wasted it does not work it cannot work so i'm gonna say it again a relationship with christ and religion cannot work love and fear cannot occupy the same space. They cannot. That is why in John first John um, 3 and 18 it tells us that perfect love casts out or drives out all fear. Perfect love, the love of God, Holy Spirit, when you get into that place of religion, fearing that you're not doing what God is asking, fearing that you are either, oh, I heard God, but I don't know how to do this. Or, or Lord, I made a mistake. I thought you said move left and I move right. Oh Lord, I whatever the issue or situation is and you begin to fear you, that's an indicator that you are operating in religion. Mm, amen, amen. And Holy Spirit comes and drives it out. because the perfect love of Christ will not allow the spirit of fear to occupy the same space with him that is why you go before God and you begin to cry out Lord you cry and then you get to groaning where the Holy Spirit is interceding for you because he drives out fear. Fear and love cannot occupy the same space. And so this right here. And mm-hmm. you know, I want to read this out of the Bible. Go
1: right ahead. First John chapter four, verse 18. Chapter four, verse 18. Okay. There is no fear in love but perfect love casteth out fear. Get this, because fear hath torment. It is not God's desire for you to be tormented. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you so completely that he doesn't want you to experience Any torment at all. He doesn't want you to experience any anguish at all. He doesn't want you to experience it. That's why he says, my love, makes sure that you are so full that there is no room for anything that will torment you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, how does this fit in with, well, wait a minute. You just said that when I get saved, that life isn't going to be all perfect, like I thought. Well, it's not. That's why it's important (laughs) to make sure that you've made Jesus Lord and that you do what he says, because then you'll follow him, you'll follow his directions, and all of the fear that would try to attach itself to you, all of the torment that would come and try to plague your life, you'll be walking separated from that because you're walking in the perfect path that Jesus has set before you. Even when you go through the rough places, the dry places, the wilderness, the desert, the places of temptation, the valley of the shadow of death, even when you go down those those paths that don't seem so pleasant and experience things that aren't pleasant at all, they will not have the, the... the power to overtake you. They will not have the power to bring the torment that they desire to bring because you are walking in the safety. Who He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Jesus, we're remaining in that secret place. We're remaining under the shadow of the Most High and the evil cannot, it, it cannot take dominion over you. It cannot Amen. have power over So that's why God loves you so much. He doesn't want anything that would torment you to come on you. And the way that works is when you follow Jesus, the one that he gave to you, because he loved you so much.
0: Amen. And because you have been translated into the kingdom of God, let's go. Can, Can I just read Isaiah? I think it's Isaiah 9. Let me... I believe it's Isaiah 9. Yes. Isaiah 9, verse 6. I'm going to read from verse 6 down to verse 7. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the what? the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Hallelujah. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. This is the eternity that you've received. This is the kingdom that you have received. This is the the gift that you have received, that Holy Spirit would come and dwell with you and he will not allow fear or anything else to abide in you while he has taken occupation. He fights for your peace, that you would rest in Christ. So if you are continually struggling with something, If you are continually wrestling with thoughts and ideas and uh, feelings of guilt and uh, shame, it is because you have not allowed Holy Spirit to do his work. You have said, I got this. I want to hold on to my shame. But we know, is it in Galatians where it says that there is now no condemnation? Romans. 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 (laughs) Romans. Romans. Let's read it. Let's go to the word of God. Let's read it. Man, this is good, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Is it Romans? Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Right, right. Romans 8, verse 1 says, free from indwelling sin. So it says, there is therefore now No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to what? The flesh, trying to make things right on your own. But according to the spirit, Holy Spirit, Spirit. for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me, you need to say that, has made me free. Hallelujah. From the law of sin and death, there's no fear there. Thank you, Lord. There's no fear. There's no condemnation. You can release that. You can relinquish it. A matter of fact, in the name of Jesus, I command that it be that if it has hooks in you, that it be released right now in the name of Jesus. That it cannot continue to hold on to you and control you. That the peace of God rest and abide in you. And the strong man is bound. The lie that you will never be right with Christ. I cast that lie down now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father God, that your name is above every name. And your name is above every situation. And I declare that they are free from condemnation and fear, Jesus. and they are filled with your peace and love and wonder. In Jesus name. So
1: you said that Jesus, well, you know, the chastisement of our peace was laid upon Jesus. Jesus, through his death, burial and resurrection, he did everything that was needed for us to experience and access everything that God has for us. And so today, Apostle True and I are talking to you about not relying on your own works, right? Not trying to do it yourself. Well, if you're going to work, let me tell you what to work for. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter four. Let me see. Thank you, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Hold on. Hebrews
0: chapter 4,
1: verse 11. Verse 11. It says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. What is the rest that we're talking about? We're talking about Um, Back up now. Let's actually, let's start at verse nine. Hebrews chapter four, verse nine. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God from his. You know, in the creation account in Genesis chapter one, on the seventh day, God rested He didn't rest because he was tired. He rested because he was finished. God rested from his work. And so this scripture is saying, when we enter into the rest that Jesus provided, then we also cease from our own work, our own work of trying to make ourselves right, our own work of trying to justify ourselves. Last week or last month, we talked Mm. about, you know, two objects cannot occupy the same space. And in first Corinthians, it tells us that Jesus is our justification. But if we are trying to justify ourselves, Jesus can't justify it. We're not letting him justify us because we are trying to justify ourselves. Therefore, we must enter the rest, the rest of his finished work, the rest of what he has already accomplished for us through his death, burial, and resurrection. So I'll read verse 10 again. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Verse 11, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. That example of unbelief is about the children of Israel coming from the wilderness when they didn't believe God's promise to him, and they died in the wilderness and could not get to the promised land because they didn't receive the promise of God. So if we are going to labor, let us labor to enter into the rest that Jesus has provided. isn't Isn't that contradictory? How do we labor to enter into rest? Well, whenever you feel the need to justify yourself, labor to surrender to God, labor to hand the situation over to God, labor to renew your mind in the word of God so that you remain in the peace of God, so that you remain in the rest of God. And it sounds like the rest, like there's more of him, in the rest, like the resting in him so that you don't take things on yourself labor to enter into the rest that jesus provided for us through his finished works amen
0: he's god hallelujah um as you were talking another scripture came up to me about laboring to get into that rest okay. and I think it's in Genesis. I think it's in. It's about Jacob and how Jacob wrestles. Uh, Yes, Genesis Mm thirty-two. Genesis thirty-two twenty-two. But let me let me. I want to read a few chapters. I mean, a few verses um, above. So, Genesis 32. I'm, I think I'm going to start in verse 19. So it says, So he commanded the second, the third, and all who followed the drove, saying, In this manner, you shall speak to Esau when you find him and say, and also say, behold, your servant Jacob is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goes before me. And afterward, I will see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. Mm. So the present went on over before him, but he himself lodged that night in the camp. So what is taking place here? The story is Jacob stole Esau's birthright, left, was gone for 20 years. Now it was time for him to leave um, uh, his uncle's Laban's home and go back home. But he was in fear. I mean, he was in fear of his life. So what did he do? He devised the plan. We just read that it may appease him. Let me send these tributes. Let me send these things before him so that he'll get those things, be happy. And when he actually sees me, he'll accept me. So he was literally in fear. And so he had to he was working to get his brother to accept him that he would not kill him because he ran for his life the first time. But this is what happens. And this is what prophetess K is talking about entering and struggling or laboring, uh, excuse me, to getting to the rest of God. And this is what God was showing me because that's what happened. Jacob ended up staying that night and he didn't understand where he was at. And the, the scripture says that he began to wrestle with God. Why? He said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Why? Because he was afraid. He was, afraid. He was wrestling to get that peace that he would, because he already worked uh, out a, a scheme to, to make sure that his brother was going to, but I don't know if that's going to work. Lord, I am in fear of my life and I need you to do something. It says, and he rose that night and took his two wives, verse 22, and female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over to the ford of Je- uh, Verse, I'm going to skip down, verse 26. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, verse 23. He took them and sent them over the brook and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the break of day. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, this is the angel, right? He touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he that's when he began to tell him certain things. but. Jacob was in turmoil then, and he wrestled with God that he would have find that peace, that he would know for sure that his life was going to continue. And that's what the Lord did. He explained to him, your name is no longer Jacob because you have wrestled with God. You will have to wrestle with God when it comes down to letting go of thoughts and certain types of beliefs so that God can let you move forward and give you the destiny that he has called you. You have to put your rest in Christ. Jacob could not rest that night. He was in turmoil. But our salvation is secure in Christ. He took everything for us. All we have to do, as prophetess said, Our labor is to fight and to desist and to uh, make sure that that fear of not doing right or that fear of not being right or the fear of not standing up to a um, imaginary standard that God has not given, because we're made perfect. We are the righteousness of Christ once we believe on Jesus. Again, so once you re- I want to- go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I thought you. you were finished. I'm sorry. Once you receive that that's that that tube, then you are able, once you receive it, and you say yes, Lord, come and save me. I receive your love. I receive those things. You have to start to learn to work out your own salvation. You have to start working to trust Christ, trust God, trust His Word, take Him at His Word and His promises. Go ahead. Amen. Amen.
1: And um, I just want to submit this perspective as well um, um, about laboring to enter into the rest. It is indeed a labor it is indeed a struggle because it is something that we have to be mindful of. Um, And I'm gonna say that in my experience, I have not found myself struggling with God or wrestling against God to enter into the rest, but wrestling against myself, the soul, the mind, the will and the emotions because the, my, 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 my soul says, I need to go out and get a second job. My soul says, I need to work overtime. My soul says, I need to do this so this person will love me. My soul says, I need to, I need to, I need to. So, but for me to labor, to enter into the rest of God, that is for me to say, uh-uh, I'm gonna study this word, I'm gonna meditate this word, get it down in my spirit, until it starts to transform my thinking i'm going to resist that way of thinking in favor of thinking like god and sometimes it's a moment by moment thing sometimes and then for me i'll say i've experienced where it's been a moment by moment thing and there have been times when i've just been insecure in who i was or insecure in what i was doing and i and and i've rejection struggled with rejection and on a moment by moment basis I would have to say, I am accepted in the beloved. Jesus loves me. And then it got to the point where maybe it was uh, five or six times a day. Then maybe it just got to once a day and then once a week, but I had to labor to enter into the rest. What is the rest? The rest is what God has already provided and I need to get into it. So all this other thinking that has me thinking contrary that's allowing the fear to stick that's allowing the torment to take place i've got to resist that and i can't even do that in my own strength but by my own will because it's god who works it in me both the will and to do of his good pleasure i am studying this word i'm getting this word inside of me so it can make the change and that's how i remain i get into and remain in the rest of God. I will tell you, I had a situation, it was about a man too. <laughs> it was about a man, I'm telling you what, he was everything, everything, all right? <laughs> and I met him at the gym, you know what it is. So it was It was right. <laughs> so then, of course, opportunity presented itself and the gentleman approached me and and so watch, let me tell you how the soul works, right? I knew I wasn't supposed to be with him, I knew I wasn't supposed to. So I said, you know what? let's meet at this place. So I can tell, so let's just meet at this place. And the purpose of my telling him let's meet at this place was for me to tell him why I couldn't go out with him. Does that even make sense? No, it don't make sense. Then as I'm trying to get dressed, you know, and I'm looking nice and everything. And it was like, wait a minute, Catherine, you're trying to dismiss the guy. You're not trying to provoke the guy or, you know, these guys. So all of this is going on. And even though I did tell the guy, no, let me tell you what it took after that. Because there was such a drawing. My flesh wanted to get into relationship with this man. But it took me, what used to happen was I used to leave work, go to the gym, work out, come home. Well, he was always at the gym when I was at the gym. So to labor, to enter into the rest, I went straight home after work. And honestly, this is what it took. I laid on my couch. I could not have my car keys anywhere near. I could not get off the couch because if I did, I knew I would get my keys and go to the gym. I laid on that couch for five or six hours every evening so I would not get up and go to the gym. Then after a couple, and that that, that was a lot. And I'm not talking about laying there watching TV, laying there reading a book. No, I am... I am talking to the Lord, Lord help, Lord save me. And after, I don't know how long that went on, a week or two or whatever, finally I would go to the gym, but I made sure to go at a time that I knew he wouldn't be there. And if there was a time when I overlapped, I saw his truck in the parking lot, I went to a, a, a place across the street, across a four lane highway. So as not even to be in the vicinity because that strong, that pool was so strong. I had to labor to get into the rest of Jesus that says you are sanctified you are pure you are holy right and it took that that I labored to enter into that rest I worked out my salvation And the Bible says with fear and trembling. It's not with fear of being afraid. It's with awesome reverence to God. God, I know you can save me. And God, I want to be saved. I want to live right. I want to do what you say. But my flesh is, oh my gosh, but Lord, I'm laboring to enter into this rest because you're the only one who can keep me. You're the only one who can save me. You're the only one who can do it. And I want you to do it. Laboring to enter into the rest glory to god
0: and I, I believe that a lot of that has to do with allowing holy spirit to do his work when Amen. because that without holy spirit indwelling in us all that was <laughs> yes
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in the name
0: of jesus so that, okay the, all of that was good. and some of you Understand exactly what she's saying, and some of you have gone through that. But at some point, your flesh overrode. So there's a, also a scripture that says that um, the uh, the the flesh and the spirit they war unto themselves, and and that is what that's another wrestling. The, again, Holy Spirit is not going to allow anything to occupy because the flesh wants to move from away from holy spirit it doesn't want the condemnation doesn't want not not the condemnation the conviction it doesn't want the flesh wants what it wants but holy spirit is in us and he's saying you can do this i need you to come closer to me i need you because the closer we get with christ so and those things start to fall off we lord i choose you not my will but your will Lord, I want what you want for me. Lord, what I want may satisfy me and titillate me for all of 10 minutes. (laughs) But you are going to satisfy me for a lifetime. And so I choose eternity in a lifetime other than the 10 minutes, 15 minutes, or the brief encounters that I will receive from this flesh. And, And it's it may sound simple, and it, it can be, but it is a labor. We have to walk this thing out. We have to walk it out. Now, we're coming close to the end, but I, I really needed to set the, the tone again, because uh, the topic that we're going to get in for um, our next few times that we meet is a heavy one. It is. And I really want you guys to tune in for this. And so we did all of this prep work because we needed you to pay attention, to be attentive. Because there are many people who believe that um, God's love is so encompassing that uh, everybody's going to heaven. But there is a hell. There is a real place for those who do not receive Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, hold on. For those who are saying, okay, here we about to get into something that um, you were doing fine just a minute ago. Now she, there she go. Sorry, I got to bring it. If I'm going to bring it, I got to bring it all. And this is exact because this is her book. If you were to read it, you would, if you were to purchase it, you would have to read that part, or you could skip it. But I choose to get into this part because she did not move away from it. She was not afraid or shy to um, tackle this. And the example that she gave, and this is why we took so much time in building you up, because hell is a real place. Hell is a real place. Now, are you going to go to hell for some misconception or error in the way you're thinking? No, but hell is a real place. It's a real place. And although we will not get into the fullness of uh, the topics that I want to get into, I do want um, Prophetess K to lay the basis of why, um, because she brought it up rather quickly in the Bible. She didn't wait till the last... <laughs> she... Said, if I'm gonna give it to you, I'm gonna give it to you straight and right up in the front. So page six says, um, the, t- the caption is, why do people go to hell? And can you just briefly, not briefly, but take this last few, the, the time that we have to kind of set the stage for our next encounter. Okay. Um, I think the
1: easiest way I can do
0: that
1: is to say, uh, you know, people think hell is for bad people, right? Growing up, when I was a child, we used to say that we used to play a game. Heavens, angels, devils, something deep, something is heaven and hell. And it was broken down into good people versus bad people. Bad people go to hell. Well, no, that is a misconception. There is one reason and one reason only why people go to hell. Now, I'm getting ready to tell you what that is, but I already know there's such controversy over this, um, and especially within the body of Christ, because... Um, People think if you do this, you go to hell. If you do that, you go to hell. If you if you live this kind of way, you go to hell. If you live that kind of way. Well, yes, but as Apostle True and I have been stating over all of these sessions that we have, that our, our do is not our who, is <laughs> not who we are. What we do is a symptom of what's going on inside. Okay, so the bottom line, what I'm trying to get to is people do not go to hell for sinning, the the sinful acts that they do. People go to hell for the single sin of not believing in Jesus. Why? Because when you don't believe in Jesus, then you don't receive the finished work that he has done, which includes saving you. We've talked about it. Let's put our eyes on it again. Romans chapter 10. This is a very familiar scripture when leading someone down the Roman road. Um, Romans chapter 10, and we'll read verse nine. Stick with us, stick with us. Hopefully this will connect some dots that have been laid out along the way. Mm-hmm. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, Paul speaking, he says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So there's an, if, there's an if-then idea here. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. In other words, if you confess Jesus as Lord, Jesus is Lord of my life, and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. If you do those things, then you shall be saved. But what has happened is a lot of people receive Jesus as Savior, Yay, I get to go to heaven, my sins are forgiven, but they don't go to the extent of making him Lord, which means they don't listen to what he say, what he says, they don't do what he says, and therefore they don't experience the salvation that he has provided. And that salvation includes the, the saving, the deliverance, the perseverance, all of that. But it also includes the inward inner work of the Holy Spirit that transforms your character. And when your character is transformed, your actions will be changed and you'll begin to live that godly life. But if you don't believe on Jesus, it's available to you. So when you don't believe on Jesus, you can't receive his salvation, and the only place left for you is hell. If sin, like sinful acts, were the reason that you would go to hell, and it's written in the book, what, what's, what's the one sin? What, what's the sin that'll push you over the edge that, okay, now you're going to hell? Or what's the one sin that you could stop doing that'll bring you back over on this side, and now you get to go to heaven again? It's not about the sinful acts. It's about the singular sin of not believing in Jesus. Because when you don't believe in Jesus, you don't receive God's gift to you that will give you access to all that he has, that will give you access to his character living on the inside of you, that will give you access to that change that will bring about a change in your actions and a change in your desires. you're you're not receiving the answer. And the Bible says that for God so loved the world, he so loved us, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, there it is, believeth in him, should not perish, should not be utterly destroyed, should not be cast out, but have everlasting life. He loved us so much that he gave us his son, But guess what? He also loves us so much that he allows us to have our free will. He's not going to make us love him. He's not going to make us serve him. He loves you enough to let you make your own choices. And if you choose to go to hell, he loves you enough to let you go. But he has given you the gift that you need so that you don't have to go there.
0: Amen. And If we read a little bit further down in verse 10, it says, for with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And it's with the mouth that you confess it and make that makes us um, gives us salvation. So I I have um, ministered in many places, but my favorite place to minister is in the jails and in the prisons. And there, because sometimes you get a crowd of people and um, you are ministering. There are those, you can't tell who is the wheat and who who are the tares, but sometimes there will be an indicator and the Holy Spirit will show you certain things or you will recognize things. And there was one time I was ministering um, to a few women um, in jail and they were receiving salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and but there was one lady that was there and she i and i i, I wouldn't have known it unless holy spirit gave me the ear to hear it because everybody was speaking in tongues and as i started to walk and just pray and cover them i heard this woman saying mama su mama sa mama kusa that's a song michael Jackson, right and I, I told her, I said, stop that. Because if you are not going to receive Christ, because you have to believe in your heart. So at some point, she was either doing it because she was in the crowd of people and she didn't want to look like she didn't believe, right? You know, sometimes we do that. Uh, because we have been taught differently. Something Some people have been taught that um, speaking in tongues or the baptism of the Holy Spirit is out of God. So I, I don't know what her reason was. But if you don't believe in your heart what you are confessing, if you don't believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died for you, was buried and rose again, defeated death and sin for you, if you don't believe those things, if you believe that he was just a man, if you believe that he was just a good man, If you believe he was just a prophet that was during his time lived on the earth. That's not going to do you any good. It's not. So when you really believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and then you confess that. Jesus, I believe that you are Lord. I believe that you have died to save me. And because I believe that I need you to come into my life and take control over my life. And you open your mouth and you say that immediately. Holy Spirit comes with them to do just that. And the word of God goes on to say that those who believe in him are not put to shame. You are not going to look stupid or ignorant because you believe in Christ. If anything you're going to start walking in the power of God, your life is going to begin to change while everybody else is still doing the same thing that they're doing. That's how that works. Now, you will
1: mm-hmm. might make you feel they might tr- you're not going to be ashamed. Others are not always going to be approving of your decision. And um you know, one of the marks of a true saint, we get persecuted, we get made fun of, we do, but God's promise is that we will not be ashamed. He will prove himself in us and through us, and all who did the mocking and the persecuting, oh, their knees will bow, <laughs> their tongues will confess that Jesus is Lord. Um, so I just wanted to bring that. Can I say something else about Absolutely. Okay. So down in Romans chapter 10, again, um, this is where it is in verse 13. Um, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I like the way it says it in the Amplified Classic. It says, for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, invoking him as Lord shall be saved. And so when Apostle True was saying a moment ago, you know, we have to believe that he is Lord. We have, yes, but you've got to make it personal. You've got to make him your Lord. your Because, yeah, he's Lord of all. He's Lord of all, you know, and it's like, so I'll use believers right now. Believers, um, for the most part, believe that God can heal. But when you ask, do you believe God can heal you? Lots of times we find that we hit a choke point because it's like, well, I know he's a healer, but do you believe he can heal you? I remember one time, you know, my my battle cry, my fighting words, my rhema, my sword of the spirit is Jesus loves me. That's That's the word God has given me. And something happened one day and I was celebrating Jesus and I was like, oh, Jesus loves me. And this man says, well, he loves everybody. And I was like, yes, he does. But not everybody takes it personal. I do. You have to take it personal. You have to make Jesus your Lord, because when you make him your Lord, you are responsible for following his directions and doing what he says. And Luke 6, 46, Jesus says, "'Why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say.'" You can't call me your Lord and then disobey me. There's, There's a responsibility that comes with having Jesus as Lord. Actually, it's a surrender that comes. With having Jesus as Lord, and it's that you teach me, I'll be taught; you lead me, I'll be led; you instruct me, I'll do it. And he's not this—he's not this oppressive leader. I like it in Matthew chapter eleven, and in the um, as a matter of fact, let's turn there, Matthew chapter eleven. And it's going to be um, verse, okay. So we'll start at verse 28 in the King James. Jesus is saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Weren't we just talking about rest? At rest of receiving all that God has already done. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest, rest, unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. In the Amplified Classic, that verse 30, it says, for my yoke is wholesome, useful, mm-hmm. good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or press, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant and my burden is light and easy to be borne. So when we're making Jesus Lord, which means the master of our lives and we're submitting to do what he says, he's not this hard task master. No, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. It's not harsh, hard, sharp or pressing. Everything is to bring us good and to show us in the message, message translation, it says to flow in the unforced rhythms of yes. grace. Hallelujah. God's way is the right way. Thank you, Jesus. So, Amen. Glory to God. So even if you're, you are you know, I'm going to say a seasoned saint, even if you've been walking with the Lord for some time and you're finding that I'm not experiencing rest, <laughs> or you're finding that, wait a minute, my way seems to be harder than it needs to be. I submit to you, it's okay to make Jesus your Lord over again. It's okay to rededicate yourself to him and to either start that relationship afresh or or enter into it anew or whatever it is it's okay it's okay it doesn't mean that you're a bad person it doesn't mean that you were held out it just means that you could use a rest and a
0: refreshing amen amen Thank you Lord thank you Lord. All right. So um, I hope this has been um, enlightening. I hope that it has um, helped you to establish uh, definitively that uh, we have um, a God that loves us and that we have salvation is something that we work out here on earth. But eternity is something that God has given us when we receive him. It doesn't start when we leave the earth. And as I spoke earlier, we are going to talk about um, why do people go to hell or, or the, the place of hell. We're going to examine that because there are a great many uh, Christians and others who uh, follow the word of God or even the Torah. But they believe in the religious um, acts legalism they believe in following the law and there is a difference the law is good but there is a difference and again i hope that as that this will um, that you have been engaged in it, this will whet your appetite to begin to seek god um regarding uh you know what we've been talking about in the word of god that you would desire to get into the word of God so that these things become uh, a plethora of uh, abundance where you can, uh, uh, you know, go to your storehouse and start to seek and, and pull from because that's what it's for. You have everything at your fingertips here. And not only that you have Holy spirit in your heart. That's going to give you revelation, knowledge and wisdom and understanding of his word. And so, again, we will be talking about um, why do people go to hell. And I would like to really um, encourage you, if you have not, please purchase the book. Because we're talking about it. And we want you to, she's, she gives scriptures throughout. and she And it's a really good tool. Maybe you have a daughter, a son a brother, a sister, a mother, a father that has certain differences. And you have uh, listened to some of the things that we have spoken about. And this book seems like the perfect tool to be able to um, encourage them and to help them Understand what salvation is and a relationship is with Christ. And I encourage you to go ahead and make a purchase. I encourage you to do that. Uh, Again, it is biblically based because everything that we're talking about is here in the in the in the book. Now, us going to scripture, that's Holy Spirit just revealing things. And we are uh, just expounding on some certain things. But again, that's one of the reasons why you go and uh, you read the Bible, you spend time with the Lord so that he can have things to pull from. That he can start renewing your mind. Start reminding you of the things that he is doing in the earth and in you. And so, um, again... If you have been intrigued or you have uh, found yourself uh, enjoying our conversations about the word of God and about salvation, about eternity and redefining it as you know it, we uh, encourage you to continue to join us on the third Saturday of every month. We encourage you to reach out to us. We encourage you to stay in the word to allow Holy Spirit to lead you, and we encourage you to receive God's love. At this time, I am going to let uh, prophetess kind of give a little bit of uh, information on the screen that she has up right here.
1: Okay, all right. So um, as the Apostle True has said, the book is available for purchase. You can purchase it at, um, online at Barnes & Noble or at Amazon, and the links are there on the screen for you. You can take a screenshot or you can write it down, um, but there are the links for you. And then also, if you would like to contact us, you may um, contact me at, at God's Love Song Ministries. Um, the email is on the top, Song at outlook.com. Or you can contact Apostle True at True Free Love Ministries. And her email is true free love ministries at gmail.com. Um, so contact us if you have questions, if you have comments, if you've had, if you have topics that you would like for us to delve into more deeply, if you um, Just just any input, any testimonies, any change that you've seen in your life as a result of what Holy Spirit has poured out through this word. Any prayer requests that you have. If you want to be um, connected with local churches in your area and we can help, we'd be happy to do that. If you'd like to receive mentorship through um, Apostle True or myself, we'd be more than happy to do that. So just reach out to us for any reason. Here is the information.
0: On your screen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So this is the part where we begin to uh, do an offer of salvation. Because we can't talk about salvation and not
1: (laughs) and not offer it, right? Amen. Amen. Let me, let me say this, Apostle, um, Apostle True. As you were talking about it just a, just a few minutes ago before we started inviting people to get the book, um, the Lord wants somebody to know this. Yes, there is a hell. But yes, we will be talking about why people go to hell. But I shared earlier that it's not about any sinful act that you do. It's about the sin of not believing on Jesus. There are people who have been living in fear because they're afraid that if I do this, I'll go to hell. Or if I, if I mess up, I'll go to hell. If I don't live that perfect life, I'll go to hell. I told you that I received, in previous sessions, I told you that I received Jesus at the young age of eight And it was real. People saw the evidence of Jesus in my life, but I did not know what we're talking about here today. And um, when I I grew up and I love it, I was in Missouri Church of God in Christ. We had lots of revivals, lots of church services during the week. And every Friday night that we had service, I'd be at the altar rededicating my life because I thought I'd messed up. I thought my salvation was gone. And I didn't want to lose it. I wanted to keep it and I wanted to keep it fresh. And I did that every week by rededicating my life because I thought I was responsible for keeping my life clean. I thought I was responsible for keeping myself out of hell. Well, I am in that I need to receive Jesus. I need to make him my Lord. But once I make that decision, then I labor to enter into the rest. It's letting the finished work of Jesus be manifested in my life. How do I do that? I do that by trusting in him. I do that by believing in him. And I'm sure we'll talk about this more in depth another time, but the Lord has been showing me, you know, sometimes it's, what's the difference between believing and having faith? Uh, When we surrender to the truth, that Jesus is the son of God. When we surrender to the truth, that God raised him from the dead, when we surrender to the truth that God loves us, when we surrender to the truth that God has already provided everything we need, when we surrender to this truth, then we allow that truth to reign in our lives and we come into alignment with that truth without resisting it because we have surrendered to it. That's what it means to believe on Jesus. It's not a struggle, meaning, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do this to be saved, I have to do that to be saved, if I don't do this, I'm going to go to hell, if I mess this up, I'm going to go to hell, I got to keep all the, I got to keep juggling everything and not let anything drop or else I'm going to go to hell, fear has torment, that kind of religious thinking is fear-based and it has torment and that is not God's will for you, that is not God's will for you. And so, you know, I'm, I'm going to give the the salvation call, and I'm going to use a scripture that I, I rarely hear given as the salvation call, but we just read it. Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are mm-hmm. heavy laden. And I think it's in the message translation. It says, are you burned out on religion? Come yes. to me. Come to me. <laughs> This is what Jesus is saying. Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden with trying to do it your way, with trying to make sure you get everything right, with trying to make sure you don't mess up. Come to me and I will give you rest. I will show you what God has provided for you and I will show you the way to access it and I will show you the way to maintain it. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. Learn how I do it. And one day I was reading and I heard Holy Spirit say, look at how I roll. Do it like me. I'm going to show you how to be totally dependent on my Father so that you don't have to be dependent on yourself. Glory to God. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart. In other words, I am dependent on Father God. And I know how to receive everything I need from him. And I accomplish everything that I need. I have accomplished everything that I needed to accomplish for you because it was the father doing the work through me. And now if you'll receive me, invite me into your heart, let me be your Lord, the same way that he did the work through me, he'll do the work through you. Glory to God, glory to God. He'll straighten out your personality. He'll build your character. He'll he'll do the work that needs to be done. You just invite me in, let me in, and you shall find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, Mm. but comfortable, glory to God, Mm. gracious and pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be borne. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If he's talking to you today, you know it. You know it. Come on. Come on. Come to him. Come to him. Find rest for your soul. If that's you, repeat after me Jesus, thank you for this gracious invitation. I'm tired. I don't want to do it on my own anymore. Come into my life. I make you my Lord. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that God raised you from the dead on the third day. I'm asking you to come live in my heart. And I believe that you are my Lord. I believe that you are my Savior. I receive all that you have for me. Teach me, and I will be taught. Lead me, and I will be led. I will do what you say, for I know that your way is right, that you only have the best for me, and that you'll show me how to live freely and lightly. I receive it now. And I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I receive the power to live this life that you have given me. Thank you that I don't have to do it on my own. And thank you that I am able to do it because of this power of the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit inside of me, I can resist temptation. With the Holy Spirit inside of me, I can overcome obstacles. With the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, I can stay on the path that you have set for me. I thank you. And I receive my heavenly prayer language, the perfect prayer where I pray the perfect will of God. I receive the gift of speaking in tongues. I'm not afraid of it. I embrace it. And I thank you for teaching me how to get straight to your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now go ahead. Begin to speak in your prayer language. It's called speaking in unknown tongues. It's not going to make sense to your natural mind. It's not supposed to. That's what makes it the perfect prayer. It's praying the perfect will of God. Whatever sounds, whatever syllables you hear, speak those out. It might start out as a single syllable. It might start out as a single word. But go ahead and speak it. Go ahead and speak it. And as you continue to speak in your prayer language, you will become more fluent. Glory to God. And even though our natural mind does not understand it, God says in in the word, in um, 1 Corinthians, we can ask for interpretation and he will tell us what we are praying. So if you put your faith in that, if you say, okay, this is something that God says I have, so I receive it, I surrender to that truth that I have it, I have it, you'll experience it. Glory to God. Just a couple of more. Glory to God. Welcome to the family. We love you so much. We love you so much. Amen. Make sure, Amen. You us, okay? Make sure you contact us. We want to celebrate with you and we want to give you whatever resources we can to help you get started on this walk.
0: Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Prophetess K. I appreciate all that you have done today and all that God is doing in your life. And I just want to encourage each and every one of you. I know that there's someone who, because I can feel it in my spirit that is um, right now praising God in their prayer language Um, and that they are totally amazed and taken aback because they probably thought that it would never happen to them. They probably heard other people uh, praying in their prayer language, but I, can feel the unction of the Holy Spirit and know that you have received the spirit of the living God. And so I want to encourage you again, now that you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you've received salvation or you had salvation, but you didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And now you received it. You need to go to a church. Get to a church, pray and ask the Lord. Or if you need assistance, you can reach out to us. But you need to get to a church, a Bible-believing five-fold ministry church, that you would be able to get baptized. That is part of our salvation um, declaration. It is a declaration that we are, it is symbolic of letting everyone know that we have we have received Christ, that we we had gone down. And we have come up alive in Christ. We, the dead has gone down and the live, we are alive in Christ. Mm-hmm. And then get into a church so that they can encourage you and help shape and uh, uh, give you accountability and stay in the word and help you to grow in Christ. And I know some of you are in um, churches now, but if you find that God is telling you, to go to a place, there's a church that has been teaching about powerful things in the move of God, but you are afraid to move because you are um, wanting to stay true to your pastor and your church, or you believe that once you are placed somewhere that you can't leave and, you know, you just have these types of, uh, you know, thoughts and that you have to stay someplace or whatever. But if God is telling you to move and to go someplace where you are uh, to be able to be filled and and raised up in the gifts of, of God, uh, a, apostle, prophet, uh, pastor, teacher, you need to move. And I'm not telling you leave your church. That's not what I'm telling you. That is not what I'm saying. I'm simply saying to you, allow God to direct your, your life, just mm-hmm. as we've been talking about. Allow God to be in control. Give us a call. Reach out to us. We love you, and God bless you. Before we go, I am going to pray. But I also would like to lift up Israel. Mm-hmm. If you have um, a basis of where our, our our relationship with Christ comes from, it is a Judeo Christianity, meaning it is birth through. Judaism. They're the Jewish people. And we want to pray for Israel because they are under attack. We want to pray for Palestine. We want to pray for that region. We want to pray for the people there. And so before we go, I just would like to lift them up and I would like to pray and bless you. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for what you've done today, Lord. We thank you for pouring out your spirit. We thank you, Father God, for baptizing your children, Father God, into the kingdom. We thank you, Father God, for giving them a prayer language, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that because they have, Father God, believed in their hearts and confessed with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and that they have given you, Father God, uh access to them and that you would be able to use them and fill them and groom them and shape them and mold them, Father God, into the people that you have called them, that they would be able to execute the assignments that you have called them for here on earth, Father God. We're just asking that you would cover them, that you would place them in places, Father God, where you would see them grow And that they would have deep roots in you. We thank you, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus. And for all of those who will be reaching out, for all of those who will watch these um, Facebook lives in the future, we're asking that you would bless them. We're thanking you for the drawing, Father God, for drawing those people unto you. Because as we lift you up, you will draw all men unto you. And we also, Father God, know that Israel is the apple of your eye, that you have called them, that you have established them throughout history. You have destroyed and annihilated, Father God, greater kingdoms than Israel. But your promise to Abraham stands, Father God, to this very day, and it shall stand until you come again. And so we ask that you would continually just bless them and strengthen them, that you would, Father God, remind them of the love that you have for them. We thank you, Father God in all that you do, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. All right. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you the third Saturday of next month. Be blessed. Bye-bye. Hello.